Welcome to the Growing Together podcast, a show for inspiring conversation and practical steps to help your church become the church where all generations thrive. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and today my guest is Benjamin Lundquist. He's a director for Young Adult Ministries at the Oregon Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and the host of the Rise and Lead podcast. Ben is an international speaker and Patterson Life Plan Facilitator based in Portland, Oregon. So I think there's an underlying thing in the back of a lot of people's minds as they go into something like growing young or youth leadership or anything. And it's story after story of when young people don't live up to the expectations. We tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. We, we tried had, it once. Yep. Uh, you know, in, in my little church, it was somebody who had misused the computer, the church computer, right? Um, and for years afterward, there was just... <laughs> No interest in having a young person use any computers in the church. So, <laughs> so, so, so just so backwards. You know, if you think about 2020 and young people's relationships to devices and old people's relationships to devices. Uh, so backwards. But I, I think it does speak to the kind of uh, damaged relationships that sometimes church leadership, especially seasoned leaders, can have with trusting young people to do anything outside of what they have control over. Um, and, you know, one very formative thing, I don't want to go into the details, when I came here was I saw some leaders fail in my perception uh, pretty obviously. And the way that you handled that situation to me was very gracious. You took responsibility that wasn't your own and led them well and, and mm-hmm. maintained a relationship and value of them um, as if they had never failed, you know, as if their value just didn't change. And, and I think that trust was built from watching you handle other people because I knew if I fail, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still welcome, yeah. you know? So, so how do we build that kind of relationship where uh, young people can and will fail <laughs> and yet we continue on, right? Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, um, you know, I, I love talking about leadership and discipleship too. You know, I think the the journey of developing followers of Jesus and then the leadership side of that is developing people who use the influence that God has given them and, th- and they maximize that. So, you know, when you think about creating a culture where people can fail, look at what Jesus did. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, listen, not only did, That's true. like Jesus... He invited team members knowing that they were going to fail epically. And he still invited them together and he still journeyed with them. And, and not only, I mean, you look at the, you look at even the the case study of Peter. Yeah. Not only did he invite Peter onto the team, he knew Peter was going to blow it. Mm. And, but then he also knew that Peter's potential and he went and sought Peter out, you know, Mm. cooking breakfast on the shore as a way to restore the failure and the relationship with Peter. I mean, you ask me, you, you tell me this. Um, you make some mistakes and your best friend dies. Yeah. What, do you, do, what do you do with that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so here's Peter in this turmoil of, yeah, I didn't have it all together. I still questioned whether you were the Messiah at different times, but I still loved you, mm. but I denied you and then you died. Yeah. And so you think about the weight of, well, now what do we do? Let's go back to what we always did. Let's go back to fish because that's what we knew. So they go back to fishing and Jesus, 
I think you could look at that as like, Peter, that was an epic fail. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a big-time epic fail. You could have stood up, stood up and been an ally and an advocate for Jesus, mm-hmm. but you were overcome with fear, mm. and you denied somebody who had invested in you for three years. But Jesus knew, and I think, woo, this is so good. <laughs> Jesus knew, um, and I've shared this on IG a few times, but it comes from Jesus your current situation is not your final destination. Yeah. And he knew that, that that moment of failure was not Peter's entire story. Yep. And then later, what did Jesus say? Peter, on this rock, I'm going to build this church. Yeah. You know. And so Jesus came around with Peter in that beautiful moment of cast your nets on the other side, overflowing with fish. Peter recognizes it's Jesus who has come to him for rest- to, to restore and Peter, in reckless abandon, throws himself um, into the waters to go after this friend who he thought was gone forever, and is now. It's like, oh, it's but, like. But, make... but isn't this exactly how real life plays out? It's yes. like when yeah. you screw up and you realize that you're not rejected, you're not ostracized, you're not kicked out of the club, but yep. instead you're embraced and showered with mm. like value and meaning. Like it endears you and it connects you on a soul level to that person because yes. you realize they see me. With all my like good things and bad mm-hmm. things, like they see me and they still embrace me, they still accept me. Like we're talking about growing young, we're talking about being places where young people feel accepted. Like this is crucial. Well, it, you you are so right, Justin. You can think about the level of bonding that happens through success is way less than the amount of bonding that happens as you journey and recover from failure. Yeah. When 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 a young person has a fail and things didn't go well. And the mentors or support supporters around them um, don't they don't look at that person as a failure, but they say, "Hey, let's learn from this and let's recover from this." That young person is going to remember that way more than had everything just been smooth sailing into the future. And you know, this is this is such a good point. When I look at the church, I think that the church, and I hope somebody hears me on this, I think the church should be the greatest leadership development platform in the world. And what does that mean? It has to be a safe place where people can fail. And and if if you want the case study of case studies on how to empower people, look at Jesus giving the Great Commission to the disciples. (laughs) When Jesus gave the disciples opportunity um, to do something great. And then he gave them clarity on exactly what he wanted them to do. Mm. And then he said, mic drop, all authority that has been given to me, I mm. now give to you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then and then he said, then he said at the very tail end, I'm with you always. Yeah. If you mess up, I'm here. If you have a success, I'm here. If you blow it, I'm gonna be here. And I think that same model, it works when we're going to come to developing leaders in the local church. And the last thing I'll share, I know you're gonna jump in, Caleb, is that we have to own the fact that so many times so many times we set people up for failure mm-hmm. by not giving them clarity and mm-hmm. the resourcing and support mm-hmm. for yep. that thing to go well so if the computer at your church <laughs> exploded <laughs> let me just assume that that could have been avoided had somebody set that young person up for success <laughs> and said, hey, don't hook that computer up to a car battery. Like, just don't do that. I've actually happened to, had that happen at a church <laughs> I work with. Literally, the laptop in the back church 
engulfed in a tower of fire mid-service <laughs> as I'm preaching. And the reason was because they connected it to an aftermarket battery. Oh, my goodness. I, I think looking through the story of Jesus, especially through the stories of the people around Jesus, is so brilliant for this topic. Because Jesus didn't just bring on Peter. He brought on Judas. Yep. You know, and how did he treat Judas to the last moment? knowing he would be betrayed, knowing he would be, you know, the biggest failure of all disciples. And and even into people like the woman caught in adultery. Yep. You know, how does Jesus handle that situation when he looks at her? Is her value diminished? And what is his approach to her future? You know, is she this person who will always be stuck? Is she always going to be identified by her mistakes or by wherever she was in life. No, Jesus creates space for her, sees her, speaks to her yep. and empowers her to go forward. And and I think, you know, if we can look at our own community, if we really believe the Bible actually happened, these were actual lives, why is it different? You know, why is it different yep. when we approach our young leaders? You know, and 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 they're going to they're going to fail on such a, a lower scale than literally betraying you to to be killed. Yeah. They're not going to do that. You know, they're, they're going to do other smaller things. It, it might feel like that though cuz like you put your reputation on the line. Like sure. I'm vouching for this young person. I think that they're going to do a great job and they just totally drop the ball. I think it's so easy for us to to internalize that failure as our own failure. We're, mm. we're worried about our reputation and our standing. And this kind of comes back to our previous conversations about we got to be clear where our identity comes from. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and yep. if we don't have a, cl- a, a, a clear picture of like our identity is rooted in Jesus and not our outward yep. works, then when our young people fail us and, when, and they will fail us and when we fail ourselves, like we're going to be so worried about the backlash from outside about mm. from our, our, our church board or the people who lead us or any of these kinds of things. We're going to be so over overly concerned about what they're thinking about that we're more inclined to cast blame and to to, 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 to kind of push that aside to someone else rather than saying, you know what, maybe I just didn't lead well in that moment. Maybe I didn't set up my young person for success, which which seems to be like the crucial piece in the I puzzle. Think, I think that's a huge thing. Often a failure is, is really tied back to we didn't set that young person up well. Mm-hmm. And it's really a failure on our part to prepare than it is about that young person, you know, not not following through. Yeah, people. Are, I mean, there are going to be no shows. Like, there mm-hmm. are going to be times when somebody gets set up well and they just don't show up for mm-hmm. for whatever happened. But more often than not, I think the failure is tied to us not setting somebody else up well. So I would just say, so this is a great conversation, Caleb. I would just say on the front end, uh, two things that you really have to have in place for a young person is you have to give them clarity. Like you you give them an opportunity to do whatever they're going to do. Maybe mm-hmm. a young person is going to organize the church potluck on that Sabbath. Mm-hmm. There's the opportunity. But you've got to give them the clarity on we need X amount of dishes uh, for vegans and mm-hmm. we need X amount of dishes for gluten freeze. Yeah. And we want the church potluck fellowship hall to be inviting in this way. We're not telling you how to do it. And then you got to extend that authority authority to say, I'm not going to hold your hand. You're going you, you're gonna to go and do this. So on the front, front end, those key components of, have I given that young person the clarity that he or she needs mm-hmm. to know exactly what's going on? And then, have I given them real authority to be able to get in there and do it? So if you set them up and a failure happens, this is what I would say. You need to approach that young person as soon as you can 
with grace and love and you need to look them in the eyes in a non-intimidating way (laughs) (laughs) and you need to say you may have failed but you are not a failure and you need to know that right off the bat what happened has no effect on diminishing your worth and value let's just let's just put that out there whatever happened if you call it a failure or or we see it as that you are not a failure Mm. and then you've got to follow through by saying let's talk about it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um a good friend of mine named seth down in southern california seth yalorda he says he always debriefs with his teams and he debriefs by talking about what are three wins that happened in this situation and then what are three growth areas (laughs) so if there was a failure you're probably going to really want to lean into those three growth areas. Yeah. Uh, if a potluck failed and you look back and you realize we had 100 people in one dish, what was the <laughs> fail? The fail was we never sent the email out to the church yeah. asking them to provide the food, you know. So, But I think being able to don't miss the, the learning opportunities of the debrief. And I have had some epic fails, mm. you know, as I, as I would look at that. And the the those moments became the greatest learning moments of my life because somebody often older than me as i look back said let's learn from this mm. and was able to say with empathy i've been there too like anybody who says they have never failed has either never risked or they're a liar yeah. because <laughs> if you don't ever risk you'll never fail yeah. and if you you know or you're just not telling the truth about being a fail or having failed but somebody that says Caleb or Justin, let's talk about this. Like, <laughs> let, let, let's let's talk about it. What can we learn from this? Yeah. And then you try. I believe you try in a short amount of time to give that person another opportunity quick, mm. because you wait Ooh, too long, and that person is going to remember what didn't go well yeah. instead of pushing them back to mm-hmm. get back on the bike, get back up. Yeah. Yep. The situation that you had brought up a little bit earlier. I uh, we had we had a, a moment where things could have gone better. I didn't give those leaders time off. Mm-hmm. It was you know you're 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 right up there again. Yep. And you're not a failure. We'll talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. and stuff happened, but let's move on mm-hmm. and and let's get you right back up. Yeah. To leading, and I think that's that's one big miss in the local church is we look at a failure as requiring this huge gap period Mm-mm. before the next opportunity is given. Mm-mm. And that kills yes. the young yeah. person. Yeah. Because the young person always is like, well, yeah, they said I wasn't a failure and nobody has invited me to do anything since. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, you may say I'm not a failure, but obviously you're not giving me any, any more invitations. <laughs> and what I would say, if, a per, if there was a potluck fail, I would say, here's the date for our next potluck. You're mm. in charge. Yeah. And we're going to do it better. Yeah. And I'm going to be there with you always, just like the best leader in history said, Jesus, to his disciples. And we're going to do it. And we're going to figure this thing out. I don't want to do it. I'm going to be there with you. What if I fail again? We're going to try to do our best to make you a success in what, in what we're doing. And if you fail, you're not a failure. And we're going to learn from this and we're going to keep going.